Amen. I mean, there really is, and there's always an emphasis on him, but sometimes, you know, the Father really reveals himself. Sometimes the Holy Spirit reveals himself, uh, but they're always revealing Christ because the Bible says all things will be summed up in in the Lord himself. Uh, But I just want to encourage you towards that. The thing that the Lord's been revealing to me a lot lately is that just the importance of us being worshipers. You know, that's really on the Lord's heart. The Father is seeking worshipers. And, you know, the Bible, there's a verse that keeps coming to my mind over and over. It's called, it's in Psalms 2, kiss the Son. And that's really what the Lord really wants us to do right now. And we have to be careful, you know, uh, going to, you know, when we gather as a church that we have this attitude in our hearts about, about not worshiping the Lord because of our personal taste. You know what I'm talking about? You might not like the song or you don't feel it and all those things. I feel like the Lord's saying that that's not really the point. You know, the point is the Father is seeking worshipers. And it really is a time for us to really begin to really worship Him and kiss Him. And You know, I see kiss the Son's feet, which speaks of humility. As we really humble ourselves and, and, and kiss His feet, the Lord will allow, the day will come when we'll kiss His face. Amen? I saw the Lord uh, a few years ago. I was, saw the Lord standing in the Holy Spirit River. And he told me to go and kiss those feet that were in that river, which was his feet. But they were not pretty feet. They were the feet of a man. And uh, I didn't really want to kiss them. <laughs> Honestly, who wants to kiss somebody's old ugly feet? <laughs> but the Lord told me, if you'll kiss those feet, you'll be able to kiss the glorified feet, which are beautiful feet, you know, when the Lord reveals himself in glory. So it's, time, it's a time for us to really humble ourselves. I think humility is really important right now. And to humble ourselves to the Lord and worship Him in prayer. It's a time for us to pray. Uh, because the Lord's looking for people on the earth to release what He has. Amen? Somebody had a word, I think Marlon did last week or sometimes, about birthing what God wants to do in, in our lives. And, but really it's birthing what God wants to do in the earth. And one of the ways we birth is through prayer. As we release through praying and re- praying what's, what's on the Father's heart into the earth realm. So I want to encourage you to, to be a worshiper. I mean, really, I want to really encourage you to be a worshiper. Not, don't be just somebody who comes where... There's a difference between being around worshipers and being a worshiper yourself. Because you can go and be in a church that worships, but not be a worshiper yourself. Don't be deluded that you're a worshiper this morning. I don't want to delude myself. You know, I want to be a worshiper. I don't want to just have a church that worships. I want to be one myself. And I want to encourage you to step outside of yourself. It takes humility to, to be a worshiper. It takes real humility. You have to, you have to step down to worship. Uh, the other thing is uh, uh, the song, this thing about, uh, you know, we were singing uh, about heaven. Was we singing something about heaven? <laughs> we were, weren't we? Yeah. Rend the heavens. I want to encourage you. Uh, we, we came from heaven. Okay? Jesus says you were born from above. That's Gospel of John, chapter 3. That we were born from above. We weren't born here. When you were born, you know, when you were conceived in your mom's womb, you already existed. You always existed in God's heart. I know someone who got pregnant. Well, they got, here's what happened to them. They had a vision. They, went, they were wanting to get pregnant. They had a vision and went into heaven. 
They went into a room, and there were babies in this room, and they heard a voice, pick one. The next week, they were pregnant. I'm telling you, we all came from Him. We were all born from We all were in God's heart. I know people get funky about that revelation. I personally don't have a problem with it. I believe I've always existed, okay, from, from eternity's past, okay? And I was born from above, and you were born from above. And so what, the, you know, heaven's our home, and God wants us to, to desire that home. He wants us to desire that. He wants that to be a more of a reality in our life than this world. Do y'all got that? I think that's really important that we begin to think that way and be heavenly minded. Uh, Because here's what the Lord does. He's been doing this. The Lord shakes this world. He's been shaking this world to show us. One of the things He's trying to do through all the shakings is to show us that we don't belong here because we belong to an unshakable kingdom, the Bible says. Okay? We belong to something that's unshakable. And He sent us here and He knew He was going to shake this thing. Okay, but we should not, we ourselves can't be sucked into the shaking. We can't be just sucked down with it. Because we, we, have, an, we have something unshakable in us. And we are, are, are made of unshakable things. And, and really, that's really what God has given us to do in the earth. That's, that's why we need to pray. That's why the worship is so important. And, and another thing is about the joy of the Lord. Um, God wants us to be full of joy. Okay, now this is the truth. This is how you tell if you're walking in grace. It's joy. You read John 15. John 15 says that. If we're abiding in Him, there's going to be joy in our life. If we're abiding in Him, it's grace. So you can always tell your joy, your, your grace by your joy. If you're lacking joy, it means you're not walking in grace. Okay, and, if, and I guarantee you, you ain't going to be joyful when, you want, when you're not walking in grace. You're going to be miserable. You're going to be a miserable Christian. But this is what the Lord showed me earlier this one. Y'all know what a slip and slide is? The little yellow things that kids get on and slide. I saw a slip and slide that was coming from heaven to earth. Okay? And it was yellow, but that really spoke more of the glory of the Lord. And I saw people sliding down. And they were just so joyful. And they were sliding into the world. Okay? Full of joy. Full of joy. Sliding from heaven into the world. Because God really wants to let the Christians go out into the world. And be full of joy in the world. Because the world needs the joy of the Lord. And I saw that. And I saw, you see, that's the glory of the Lord. And the Bible says that the glory is in the face of Christ. And His presence is fullness of joy. And when he, what He wants to do is release us into that. So we will be Christians that are full of joy. Okay? And joy is not tied to circumstances. Joy is tied to the presence of God. Joy is tied to the grace of God. It's tied to living from where we're supposed to live. And God really wants to do that for people. He really is looking for a joyful people in the earth instead of the sad sacks Christians. And I, so that, honestly, there's lots of this stuff the Lord's been talking to me about on a personal level. So if it don't apply to you, okay, you doesn't have to. But that's all I got to say anyway because what else are you going to talk about? You know, but I believe the Lord's trying to speak to the body of Christ about the joy of the Lord. And about getting on that heavenly slip and slide. And slip and slide on down, you know, and, and get, just get full of joy. And your life being full of joy. Aren't you tired of sad sacks, Christians? Aren't you, aren't, do you want to be a Christian? Oh, I'm so burdened by the burden of the Lord that you're miserable. Can, can that be right? 
I mean, honestly, can that be right? That oh, I, I'm so God. The thing that God's done that God's got for me is so mess. I'm just so messed up about it that I'm a miserable human being. I'm always whining and moaning and just a sad, miserable lot. And it's all because God's got this great call on my life. Can that be right? Jesus didn't do that, did he? You know, the only time he went through something like that was when he said he endured the cross for the joy set before him. He knew it was a temporary thing in his life. And now here's the truth. This business about being in deserts and being dry, I'm finding out something about that. I'm finding out it's not in the Bible as much as we think it is. Okay? It's not in the Bible as much as it is in our experience. In other words, I'm beginning to wonder, where did this teaching come from? I've got to go through some long, prolonged, dry time in my life. I don't find that. Are you finding that in the New Testament? I'm not finding it there. So I'm thinking we're believing some stuff that's not exactly right. Now, we may go through a, a, a night, what they call that, the dark night of the soul kind of thing, where you go through a time of, you know, but is that supposed to last every day of your life or four out of seven days of your life? Every week, every month of your life? I don't think so. See, God wants to shift us. See, that's more how heaven thinks than how... See, we're thinking how earth thinks. Oh, we've got to go and be dry for a long time just so we can get, find those deeper waters. I think that's a lie from hell. I mean, how can that be right? I just, what I'm finding is deeper waters come if you just step into the ankle waters. You know, you just keep walking and you'll find yourself in it doesn't mean you're not going to go through difficult moments. I'm just saying if it's going on, if that's the measure of your life, then you need to sit down and think about some stuff. Ask the Lord to give you a different perspective. Are y'all following that? Well, <clears throat> amen. Thank you, Jesus. That was all. We got time? Yeah. Y'all got a little bit more time. That really wasn't my message. I was just sharing stuff. Hey, I want to talk to you this morning actually about uh, how to be successful. Anybody interested? How to have triumph in your life. Okay? How to have triumph. Let me read 2 Corinthians 2, 12 through 14. Talking, this is Paul talking. Now when I came to Troas for the gospel of Christ, and when a door was opened for me in the Lord. Everybody say, in the Lord. In the Lord. A door was opened for Paul in the Lord. Well, awesome. Are we not looking for the open door? Who is not looking for an open door? Well, there's a lot of open doors right now. I'm going to tell you that. But verse 13, he goes in another direction. I had no rest for my spirit, not finding Titus my brother, but taking leave of them, I went on to Macedonia. Those two verses do not add up. Here he has a door open in the Lord, opportunity from God. God was doing something. And what does Paul do? He, do, he leaves. He doesn't go through the door. Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense to your natural mind. But this is the thing that God wants to teach us. See, many a time, I'm going to tell you, this is the way we've lived our Christian life, a lot of us. Maybe you haven't, but this is the way. If God opens the door, you go through it. That is not what Paul the Apostle did. That is not what Jesus did. And Paul, Paul in fact, Paul just left the place because there's an issue there. But then verse 14, he says this, But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. In other words, Paul got the victory, even though he did not go through the door. So that's the teaching. Don't go through the door and you'll get the victory. <laughs> I'm just joking. 
<laughs> so here's the thing. Here's what I want you to get this morning. God wants to bring us up into a higher level. Okay? That's what He wants to do. He wants to teach us how to walk in victory. He wants to teach us how to have triumph. He wants to teach us really how to follow Him beyond what we've been doing in a greater way. That's really what He wants to do. And, and, this is, and, and so this was like the, Paul's secret, okay? Because here's what's happening. There's a lot of opportunity in the Lord right now, but there's also a lot of distractions, okay, out there. The enemy's released distractions. The Lord's released opportunities, okay? We had to bear, the, first of all, just, just bear to discern between the distractions and the Lord. And then we had to determine between the, the opportunities that are out there if we are supposed to be involved with them or not. Because what we're going to find out is not every open door from the Lord is meant for you to go through. I'm telling you that. Not every open door that God opens is meant for you and I to walk through. It's a fallacy on Christians' parts to think that. So what, has, what happened is Paul, he lost his rest. He lost his peace even though he had a door open. And so what we've learned about the Holy Spirit, we've learned a lot about the Holy Spirit in this church. I hope you have. If you haven't, it's not my fault. But we're going to ask God to have mercy on you and just sort of give it to you, download it for free, okay? Just, just get it. Lord, give it to them anyway. In spite of us, give it to us, right? But we've learned a lot about the river of the Holy Spirit, right? The wind of the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit, the wine of the... Y'all like the wine, right? Yeah, all those things are wonderful manifestations in the way the Holy Spirit will come to us. But I'll tell you, there's one thing we really haven't learned, I haven't learned, is about the dove of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I've never heard anybody even talk about this, this dove, the Spirit coming as a dove. Okay, so I had this experience recently when the Lord came to me like that, and it really was a, open my eyes, I'll share it with you a little bit. Let me read this. I believe it was Paul's key to his success. Okay, I believe it was Jesus' key to success, is that they had a manifestation of the Holy Spirit as a dove in their life. And they understood how the dove operated and knew how to follow that dove. Are y'all with me? Man, y'all are looking at me with these solemn-looking faces. Anyways, John 1, I need to quit looking at you. John 1, 32 through 33. John testified saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven. See, you can see the Holy Spirit. He saw it. That's what it says that. See, a lot of people say you can't see it. That's not the Bible. See, we believe stuff that's not in the Bible. You can see the Holy Spirit. If John, especially John, a non-born-again person, he wasn't born again, okay, saw the Holy Spirit, why can't you see it? Why can't I see it or see him? I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. I did not recognize him, speaking of Christ, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, he, who, he upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptized in the Holy Spirit. So it's not only the one who the Spirit comes on as a dove, it's one who the Spirit remains on as a dove. So think about it like this. Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit fell on the church, when the church was born, what did he come in? He came as a wind, like a wind, right? And like a fire. Okay, we don't ever hear about the Holy Spirit coming in Jesus' life like a wind or like a fire. So what I really believe is this, we need the like a wind. We need like a fire. We're always going to need that, right? We're always going to need those things. 
But Jesus had the dove. We, we've missed the dove. We, I believe the, the Lord coming on us like a dove, the Spirit coming on us like a dove, is a greater manifestation of the Holy Spirit than the fire of the Holy Spirit, or even the river of the Holy Spirit. I believe this is one of the highest revelations because it is the way the Spirit came on the Lord Himself. Are you following that? That's how He came on Him as a person, not on how He came on the church, but as a person. So I believe those are, and, and I'm not saying, let's say any kind of manifestation of the Holy Spirit is wonderful, but this is, I believe this is a greater manifestation and I believe it's a manifestation that God really wants to bring the church into. A manifest, and not doing away with the other, but bringing us into something, something greater. Are you following what I said? If we're going to do what Jesus did, if we're going to have the anointing on our lives that Jesus had, if we're going to have the power on our lives as Jesus really had, John 14, 12, He promised that, right? We'll do the same works and even greater works. If we're going to ever come into John 14, 12, I believe we're going to come into it through learning how to receive the dove of the Spirit and allowing the dove of the Spirit to rest in our life because then we're going to be able to know really what's happening. Are you following that? All right, let me just read this uh, one thing here. John 5, 19 through 20. Everybody knows this, but let's just read it. I just love these scriptures that we all know because these are great scriptures to know. Jesus answered and was saying to the to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of Himself. The Son can do nothing. Think about this. This is the way Arthur Burke said it, okay? Everything Jesus did, Jesus never did. Everything Jesus did, Jesus never did. It was the Father working in Him. It was the Father doing the works in Jesus. So when Jesus raised a person from the dead, Jesus didn't raise that person from the dead. It was the Spirit of the Father in Jesus. So you see, this is critical that we understand this. It's critical that we get this. As Jesus was, as He did it, He has called us into the same type of, of deal. He's called us to do His works. And in the way, in the way He did His works is, was by the Father, by what He saw the Father doing. Does that make sense? And this is what He said right here. He said, uh, unless it is some, I, I, the Son can do nothing for himself unless it's something he sees the Father doing. He had to see that it was from the Father. He had to know that it was from the Father. See, Paul, when he was at Troas, he saw a door open. He saw God doing something, but what he didn't see, he didn't see the Father saying, that's something for you to do right now. He knew that. See, we're, here's the way we are. If we see God moving somewhere, that's our highest revelation. That's all we know when God may be saying, that's me, but that's not for you. Your job is down in Macedonia. Philip the evangelist was the same thing. Remember the story about, is in Acts 4, I think. Philip was in the middle of the greatest revival at Samaria. People were being saved. It was miracles happening. And what does he do right in the middle of this great move of God? We would pay money to be in that move of God. We would buy airplane tickets and fly across the world to go be there in that presence of God moving. He packs his suitcase and marches out the door into the desert. Why? Because he knew what the Father was doing for him and in his life. And he knew the Father is out there for me. He's no longer here for me. It doesn't discount there. It validates over there. And that's what the dove of the Spirit does for us. 
it allows us to see what the Father's doing all around, whatever He's doing. But it also allows us to see where we're supposed to be in the middle of what God's doing. Now, I'm telling you, this is the way, that's, that's why I say it's a higher revelation of the wind. Because you can walk into any place God's moving, and if you're spiritually sensitive, you can pick up on it. You can feel the wind blow, and you can enjoy it and, and enter into it. But God may say, this is not for you. I have something else somewhere else for you. And until we learn how to do see this, that's why I'm saying it's a greater revelation. Are y'all following that? And so we would never do away with those, what, we would never do away with the wind of the Spirit. We'd never do away with the fire of the Spirit. We'd never do away with the drunkenness of the Spirit. We would never do away with them. We will always want them, we will always want those manifestations to be working our life. But what we've got to reach for is this greater manifestation of the Spirit coming as a dove on our life. Because then it makes all that, makes a lot more sense. Uh, <clears throat> let me read John 16, verse 7. We doing all right? Jesus said, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not... Now, this is interesting. We've read this many times and wept over it. And Why would it be, you know? We understand why it was better. Because Jesus could only be in one place at one time. Okay? He wasn't bilocational. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's just there. But the Holy Spirit is by and try and, you know, every other lay. He's everywhere all the time. That's why he was saying it's better, that my spirit can be with you. And it can be with you. And it can be with the people down the road. And it can be with the people on the other side of the world all at the same time. So that's why it's better. He said, if I do not go away, the helper, the paracletus, is what that word, y'all have heard that word, the paracletus will not come to you. But if I go, I will send this paracletus. I will send this helper. I will send this comforter. I will send this guy to you. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about this person. He's talking about this person coming. Okay, this person of the Holy Spirit coming to us. Okay, and see, here's the thing. <clears throat> this person comes and he, this person is a person with a personality. Okay, he's got this personality. And he can do things. He's, you know, what's the, the attributes of a dove? He's gentle, right? He's peaceful, right? It's like a father, a spiritual father. Not like us. Most daddies in here want to hide when you start talking about this. Like, well, that wasn't the way I was with my children. You know, I was rough on them. Even when God the Father corrects us, he's gentle with us. He's gentle with us. You know? He's peaceful with us. Even in his moments of correction, of his family. Now, he can, there could be wrath for people who are not in the family. But if you're in the family, don't, let me get this. He's always going to be gentle with you. Okay, and that's really the, one of the great things that the Holy Spirit, as a dove, does. He re reveals the nature of the Father, the, some of the primary nature of the Father. If you remember when Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist, that was sort of John's version of that. He didn't talk about the other things that happened. Remember it says the heavens were ripped open. That's what it means. They were literally ripped open. Not they just opened, but there was a tear in heaven. That's what it says. There's two places in the Bible. Do y'all remember that? I think we've talked about it before. There's two places in the Bible where it talks about heaven and the New Testament where heaven was torn open. One was when Jesus was baptized. And the other was when it talks about the veil of the temple being torn from top to bottom. The same word. In other words, that veil was torn in two for, and saying that it will never be put back together, that veil that was there, 
And when Jesus was baptized, heaven was torn open. Heaven was torn open. It's torn open. Okay? And so when he was baptized, it was torn open, and, and, and the dove came on Jesus. The Holy Spirit came on Jesus. But the Father spoke out of heaven, spoke to him, said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Okay? You see that connection there. And see, that's a real primary thing that the dove does for people. It lets them hear that voice of the Father in their life. It lets them hear and know. Because, see, that's really... I know I've said this a lot of times here. Okay? But here's why I keep saying it. Because I feel a lot of people sit in this room, even though you've heard it over and over and over, you've only heard it here. You've never heard the Father say that to you. You've never heard that essential, foundational revelation in your life. That God the Father says, This is my Son. I love you. I accept you. Period. Until we hear that and know that ourselves, we will never, nothing else will ever, that's the thing that will change your life. That's the first revelation that will change your life. Because when you know that, you see, you can deal with all the other stuff. If you have a need for people to accept you and love you, you're, you need to get that worked out with the Father first. That doesn't mean we don't need people to love us and people to accept us. We do need that. But there's always going to be people who reject us and do not love us. And push us away. And if you don't have that thing with the Father, if you don't have it, it's going to throw you and keep you thrown. And you will do stuff to try to get it. You'll do it the wrong way. You'll go after the wrong things. You'll go after the wrong relationships. You'll go after the wrong people. You'll try to get it out of ministry. You'll try to get it out of people. You'll always try to get it. And, it'll never, and it always leaves you empty. Always. It will always leave you. It'll last for, it's like eating a candy bar. It's good while you eat it. But 30 minutes later, you're going to crash and burn. And that's the way that stuff does for you. And that's one of the things that the Spirit coming like a dove, it gets that settled in your heart. And once that's settled, then you can begin to move in stuff with God. Like you never have before. But that has, and He'll settle it for you if, if you allow Him, if you allow the paracletus to come into your life. Now you can move in the wind. You can move in the fire and not have that revelation. You can move in that stuff. Okay? But you won't move in the dove and not have that because he won't set and he won't rest on a person who's not at rest. And he brings the rest, and that's one of the ways he brings the rest. Do y'all see that? That's one of the ways we come at peace. That's one of the ways we come at rest in our lives is when the Father speaks to us. Not man. When the Father speaks, rest comes. Okay? So we can try all day to enter into God's rest. But if we don't have that, we'll never go through the door. It's like the door shut to us. <clears throat> Are you good? So there's these qualities there of this person of the Holy Spirit. Let's read John 16, 13 through 15. Somehow I don't always get on that subject. You know, I don't know why I do. I know why I do. I have a lot of passion about it. Because when people reject me now, and I do get rejected, and people get mad at me, and people are disappointed, you know what I always do? I go back to him, and I'm telling him, hey, them people are hurting me. I don't like it. Help me. And he settles it with me. He says, it's okay. They're okay. Don't worry about them. Don't criticize them. Don't judge them. Don't put them down. You don't get your livelihood from them. You don't get your life from them. You get it from me. And once you go through that little process, I'm good again. I'm good to go. You know? And it, it really is the way we're supposed to live our life. And the way I used to do it was 
I had this major retaliatory strike force, you know, <laughs> of weapons that I used. And I could go back, I could go, I was so clever. And see, that's when people come after me a lot and they try, to, they try to conceal it under other stuff. You see, they think they're fooling me. I'm thinking, you can't fool me, I know what you're doing. Because I did it for years. <laughs> I would take my digs at people, but I would cloak them in nice things. That's a trick, man. I'm telling on y'all. I'm telling on me. I don't do it no more. Anyways, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Okay, that's what the paracletus does. Part of what he does, he's a guide. He guides you to what's really truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose it to you, to you, what is to come. He will disclose to you what is to come. Do y'all understand what he's talking about? The future. He's going to talk to you about tomorrow. Remember I talked to you a while back about the future impacting our presence? You know, we're not supposed, the past is not supposed to change our presence, but, but in the carnal realm it does. If your past is changing your present, if your past is dictating your present, you are living in the flesh because in the spirit world it's opposite. The future affects your present. I'm telling you. There's a big difference. The future affects your presence. What he's saying. That's why, really, we've got to get something in our hearts. I think we are missing something about the return of Christ, that song we were singing. We've got to start looking forward to that. We've got to start wanting that. Because that really is what the Holy Spirit's crying out for. The Holy Spirit's crying out for that. He's crying out for a future thing. The return of Christ. The second return of Christ. And he wants us to have that future view. That we are bringing the future here. And what is going to happen in the future is changing the way I live at this moment. Do you all see that? I gave the example. I'll give it to you. I'm just going to give it to you. It's like driving a car. You do not drive a car by looking in the rearview mirror. Right? If you do, please don't go out there and get in the car. <laughs> you drive a car by looking ahead. And whatever's ahead of you, you make adjustments at that moment to deal with what's ahead. Right? If you see a stop sign coming up, you start thinking about you've got to slow down, you've got to put your brakes on, you start adjusting. That's the way the spiritual world works. As you look ahead, you see what he's going to reveal to you, what's coming ahead, and you adjust your life right now for what's happening t- tomorrow. That's, yeah. Yeah. And, and see, that's why Paul, when he talks a lot about the future, you ever notice how Paul talks about the future? The only time he talks about the past, the one place I found about was in Philippians when he says, forget it. All these other places. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. But he does say, he leaves out the past because the past can separate you from the love of God. He, in Romans, he leaves it out. He talks about the today and tomorrow not being able to separate us from the love of God. But he, he, he left it. And there's another place, I think, in Corinthians when he did the same thing. Because your past can keep you from entering into all that God has for you. It really can. That's how the enemy works. Anyways, back on that... You know, the Holy Spirit's going to tell us what to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. That's why I was saying earlier, isn't it wonderful that we don't have to choose between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? For a long time, it was blowing my mind. Because I was saying, all right, which one are we... Now, wait a minute, which one am I going to focus on? Am I supposed to focus on the Holy Ghost? Because I was really into the Holy Ghost, and I was starting to feel bad about it. Like, I'm just way too much in the Holy Ghost. What about Christ? What about Jesus? And then this father thing started up. What about that? I was just like, you know, I was like, oh, it's like going on a merry-go-round. 
you know, today is the Father, tomorrow is the Holy Ghost, tomorrow, you know, next day is G. And then you find out, no, it's all three. Whatever he's saying at the moment. If he's saying Holy Ghost, it's Holy Ghost. Because what is the Holy Ghost doing? He's pulling out of heaven. He's, he's God. He's God. The Holy Ghost is God. We kind of forget that because he's so playful. You know? Making the babies cry. <laughs> Anyways, so I love that. We don't have to choose. We get all three. If you get Jesus, you get the Father. Because he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If we get the Holy Spirit, we've got Jesus and the Father. If we get the Father, we get the Son. And we get His Spirit. So none of that stuff really should bother you like it did me. But I will tell you this. I do believe. I believe this with all my heart, that Jesus, although I'm sitting here preaching on the Holy Spirit, <laughs> it doesn't, I'm sort of contradicting myself. Jesus is a focus of heaven. And I believe right now this thing, kiss the Son, really is important. That God really wants to draw attention now to the Son of God. And He really wants us to kiss His feet. He really wants us to really worship Him and bow to Him. You know, I just feel that. And, and maybe it just might be me, but I think there's maybe at least one other person in the room that feels that. You know, there's at least one other person in the room that's kind of feeling that urge, like the Son, it's the, it's the Lord Jesus. We sang the song, we, well, we miss you, Jesus. Oh, some people would have some theological argument against that. They really would. They would have a, but we do. We want you to come back to earth where you belong. We want you to come back. We want you, Jesus. We've got to, that's what he's trying to do. He's releasing to the earth. That we want you. We miss you. Please. And the, and the Holy Spirit is crying that in our hearts. The Holy Spirit's crying that. He's crying for Jesus to come back. And we could probably, well, we could probably ex expedite that. I believe the Bible really teaches that, but we could, that's another thing. Uh, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes the mind and would, will make it known to you. So this is, uh, you know, the qualities of a person. He's gentle, he's peaceful, and he has a voice. He's a person who speaks to us. And I want to say this to you today about God speaking to you. This business of people not bearing to hear the Lord speak, is, that's another wrong belief system in the church. Because when you read the New Testament, the New Testament tells us that he's a speaking God. And that He has given us the ability to hear Him. So this business, people say they can't hear God. See, that the problem ain't... There's revelation being released. There is a, a flow of information from heaven. There's a flow of God talking. It's available to us. It, it's, you know, it is like that thing that... Andy's not in here. Too bad. I was going to pick on Andy about his iPhone that he spontaneously bought. <laughs> I was with Andy the other day. We drove by AT. Hey, we need to stop there. I need to get an iPhone. It was, he wasn't even, I don't believe Andy had planned that. I believe it was just a thought that came into his mind and he decided to do it. A spur of the moment thought. And, you know, I was saying, you know, for me, we talk about it for weeks. We're going to buy these phones. We're going to check them out. We're going to study them. Of course, we've been telling Andy to get rid of that piece of junk Crackberry he had <laughs> and get a real phone. So he goes in and buys him a new phone, and guess what he bought his wife? He didn't buy her a new iPhone. He bought her some old cheap junkie phone. <laughs> and he, you know what he told me? He said, 
oh, Amy's going to really want this iPhone when she sees this thing. And he told her that, and she said, no. I think she said, no, I'm happy with what I got, but she ain't saw this yet. <laughs> Anyways, but this is the truth. In this building right now, I can connect to the Internet right here where I'm standing. Okay? We have a wireless network, plus there's this 3G network that's out here. Okay? But there is not one person in this room that can see any of these broadband frequencies that are flying through this room right now. Not a one of you in this room can see them. Not a one of you. Not a one of you can feel them. Not a one of you can touch them. But they're here. They are here. Okay? And I'm going to tell you this right now. There's a revelatory flow that's flowing in this room right now. It's here. Whether you feel it, whether you hear it, whether you believe it, it's here. And all you've got to do is, by faith, tap into it. Because I'm going to tell you this. Here's the truth. This is what the Bible teaches. My sheep, my family, my children can hear my voice and they can know my voice. When you begin to settle that fact in your heart, I've heard the Father tell me I'm His Son. The Father loves me. The Father cares about me. He's going to show me stuff because He loves me, because He cares about me. I can hear God. I can see God. I can begin to see. And when you begin to think like that and believe like that, guess what's going to happen in your life? You're going to start seeing and hearing because you've lined yourself up with the truth. And this is not no name it, claim it kind of stuff. This is just reality. It's spiritual reality. So there's this flow of information that we can tap into. It's flowing. I mean, it's flowing. And we see little spurts of it in meetings when people get words. and You know, three or four people, oh, we're on, we're on a roll. Three people have heard something, got something. That's no roll. Everybody should be hearing all this stuff constantly, all the time, whenever you need it. That's a roll. You know, that's where we're going. I said in the earlier service, you know, the goal of the healing rooms, this is our goal. Our goal is to raise people from the dead. Our goal is for them to start bringing dead people over here. Now, I told Marlon, Marlon, tonight, if I'm not here the night they roll somebody, a dead body here, please call me because I'm coming up here. But I'm looking forward to the day, literally, when the power of God, we are operating in the power of God when the dead are being raised. And they're bringing dead people to the church. Matthew, because I, I said, we, we ain't had no luck with these dead people. We prayed for a bunch of them. And Matthew reminded me there was one we did pray for that was raised from the dead. It was uh, actually Chuck Moore and Neil Linker prayed for a man who was clinically brain dead. And he was running on life support. And they said, we're taking him off the life support tomorrow. Because he's dead. He's gone. There's no brain activity. He's done. You know, and they went on and just prayed. You know, Lord, whatever they prayed, they prayed something. The next day, he was waking up pulling, pulling stuff out of his heart. And that guy's alive to this day. He came to the church. I said, that man is Lazarus. <laughs> he came back from the dead. So we do have that one. That's pretty good. We got one person that's been raised from the dead. That's a good thing. Now, here's the key to raising the dead, though. I'm going to tell you this right now. There's people that die that shouldn't die. If we can dial in to the Father, and the Father says, that person should not be dead, we can say to that dead person, you have to wake up because the Father says you can't be dead. And if they don't raise up, we can just tell the Father, they ain't wanting to leave heaven. They ain't wanting to come back. You need to make them come back. (laughs) You know, because if Christians get up there in heaven, they don't want to come back. They get up and they're like, why do I want to go back there? I'm finally got, I'm finally home. Now, this is wonderful. Y'all can handle that down there. 
But I think a lost person, they wouldn't, nobody had to tell them to come. They heard God call them, get up from there, and they would come back. Anyways, let me get finished here. But if you can understand the dove, you can understand the, this. I got five minutes. Anyway, Luke 24, 49. Is everybody good? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Luke 24, 49. Behold, I'm sending, you forth, I'm sending forth the, the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed. Everybody say clothed. With power from on high. So here's what happened. Most of the, our, our visualization about the Holy Spirit coming as a dove, probably most of us would think of a dove on a shoulder, right? A dove coming and just lighting on your shoulder. And you're just sort of living your life trying to make sure that dove don't leave. If you've got any revelation about it. This is what happened to me. Okay? I sat in my house. You know how, uh, you know that first snow? Well, you know yesterday's snow. Have you ever looked at a white house in the snow? You know how nasty looking it looks? It's just ugly. I mean, it's not white no more. We have white dogs. You put them out in the snow, they look grungy, man. I mean, they look nasty. Because they're not white because the snow is the whitest thing there is. There's nothing more white than snow, right? Snow makes everything that claims to be white not white. It's off-white. Well, I was sitting in my house, and this we had this, it was that first that snow, not this yesterday, the one we had a few weeks ago, and I was looking out the window at the snow, just sitting there, just soaking, kind of just enjoying the Lord, enjoying whatever was happening. And I felt something over the top of my head, okay? I felt there was somebody, actually, over the top of my head. Well, my natural mind thought, oh, there's an angel in the room. That's what I thought. There's an angel in the room, okay? So I welcomed it. That's what you got to do with angels, you know. you got to welcome them. They'll, they'll help you if you welcome them. But if you push them away, they'll just watch you thrash around for a year or so. <laughs> it's true. They'll, and then, the, you know, they will, because they are not going to overcome your will. They're not going to oppose your will. Okay, so this, I thought it was an angel, so I welcomed this, this being, this angel. I welcomed him to come. And when I did, he... And he had the, he was white. He had these white garments, but that's what he was, was white. Like, he was like a white garment. And it was whiter than the snow outside. It was the whitest thing that I have ever seen in my life. It was not natural. It was white beyond the whitest. In fact, he made the snow look dirty. The snow looked dirty. And he came on me. He came down on me. And when all, it's like I was clothed in what I thought was an angel. And at that moment, I felt rest like I have never felt in my entire life. I was at a rest and a peace like I have never, ever, ever, ever been. And I realized in my life, I started, Lord, oh, God, mercy, Lord. Mercy on me, Lord, because I am not at rest. I, I am not at peace. This is the real rest. This is the real peace the Bible talks about. It's the peace and the rest. And then I realized... A little bit later, when I was asking the Lord, he gave me that scripture. I said, what was that, Lord? It was a vision, okay? What was that, Lord? What did that mean? He gave me that scripture I read to you. He gave me that scripture I read to you about Paul saying, I had no rest in my spirit. And he was showing me, Byron, you don't know about the dove of the Holy Spirit. Because that is the way I meant for you to live your life. That is the way for you to really come into peace. It's when that dove 
It wasn't, it wasn't a dove just sitting on my shoulder. It was a dove who came and clothed me. I was clothed in Him. I was inside of Him. And I saw His face. Okay? I saw His face. And His face was like sharp. Well, you know, like an Indian. You know how Indians have sharp faces, sharp features? Sharp. And it was intent. Okay? It was sharp and intent. It was the dove of the Holy Spirit. And he wanted to rest. He wanted to clothe me. He wanted to rest over my life. And teach me how to walk like Jesus walked. And to walk like Paul walked. Where... All this stuff out here is not the thing. And when people want you to do stuff, that's good stuff. When opportunities come, when open doors come, you know in here, that's a great opportunity. That's the great God. It's just not the great God and opportunity for me. Or it is the great God and opportunity for me. See, you see what I'm saying? Is that not a higher level that God wants to bring us all into? He wants to bring us into that. He really wants to bring us into that. He wants that, that dove of His Spirit to rest on every person in this room. And when we walk our lives out, we'll know when the... See, Paul knew the dove was disturbed. Because, see, you can't have rest or peace apart from Him. Okay? There's no rest or peace apart from Him. And when He lifts, you feel it. And that's what happened with Paul. He felt the lifting of the dove on his spirit. He felt it move, and he realized, I'm out. I can't, I can't go through that door. I've got to do something else. He knew it. He knew it in the Spirit. And that's why he said, thanks be to God, we're always led in triumph. That's the triumph. And then he says, and that's how the aroma of Christ gets released through us when we obey that thing. When that thing is operating us, that aroma comes through us. Are y'all seeing that? And that's really what the Lord wants to do for us. It really is. And I want to say this to us this morning. I'm saying this to me, really, because this is how I feel. The Bible says that Christ purchased our life. And it says that the Spirit of God lives in our mortal bodies. Because we don't have resurrection bodies yet. We have mortal bodies, right? We don't have a resurrection body. So we're not walking in resurrection perfect perfection, but we have the Spirit inside of us that brings life and quickens these mortal bodies, okay, and makes them alive and makes them be able to do. But here's what the Lord was saying, Byron, do I own your body? Because, see, even though he legally owns it, Christ legally owns me, okay, but he doesn't force that on me. Are you seeing what I'm saying? He does not force me to let him have ownership. If I allow him, he'll have ownership. If I will obey that peace, he'll have ownership. And I realize in my life how much I'm not obeying that ownership. And I realize, Lord, I want, I want you to own me. I, you know, because you do own me, but I want to give you permission to really own me. Because you do own me, and I want to live my life like that where you own me. And if you say, Troas is not for you, Byron, just like it wasn't for Paul, but Macedonia is. That's where I want to go. Instead of, you know, no, you're moving in Troas. I've got to do this. This is too good of an opportunity. Don't do that. Y'all good? All right, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to pray for sick. 
we're going to pray for the sick more. Hey, we always get things messed up in this church. You know, we pray for people doing worship, and then we sort of get messed up. Isn't that great? Are y'all good? All right, so Father, right now in Jesus' name, I want to pray for everybody in this room. I want to pray, Lord, I believe the, Lord, I believe we can all have that experience. You did it. You ripped heaven open for us. You said you were going to send the comforter. You were going to send the, the paracletus to us. You said that. So we believe that today. We want to receive the dove in a fresh way, in a real way. Like, Lord, we want to begin to walk in that anointing that you walked in. Lord, we thank you for the fire of the Spirit. We thank you for the wind of the Spirit. We thank you for the Holy Ghost River. Lord, we thank you for the wine. Lord, we thank you for the oil. Lord, we thank you, God, today for all those things. And, Lord, we'll just grow more in them. But today, Lord, we're asking you for the, for the dove to come in a fresh way. Fresh wet revelation of, of the Holy Spirit as the dove. Lord, just come on us now, Lord, we ask you. Come on us. Come on, every person in this room. Let that rest come. Let that peace come. Oh, Lord, let that beautiful man, that beautiful, beautiful Holy Spirit, that beautiful, pure, white, holy, righteous. Oh, Lord, there's nothing more pure than you. Nothing more pure. Just release that in this room right now. Every person, Lord, let them receive it now, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let us, Lord, walk in it. Let us be clothed with you. Let us be clothed with you, Lord. Let us be clothed, Lord. And I just want to pray something else. I just felt um, that there really is a download right now of grace and mercy and that peace. You know, I really believe Byron just released that peace and the Holy Spirit on us. And I just really feel like even what he was talking about early on about if you're not feeling the joy... You know, it's because you're not walking in grace. And I just feel like the Lord's saying right now, there really is this tangible grace. So, Lord, I just ask you that you would just release more of your grace, more of your mercy, more of your peace. Lord, we would just receive that right now by faith. Lord, and I ask that you would just wash away any lies of the enemy that are in our minds, Lord, that's just trying to this accusing thing and, and just any guilt, any shame that is not of you, Lord. I just ask you, I plead the blood of Jesus over each person here. Lord God, and I ask you that you would just wash that away, that you would identify the lies of the enemy, Lord, and that you would release truth into our lives, Lord, and that you would release that grace that's only by your grace, only by your grace. Only by your grace that we freely enter in to everything that you have for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And that grace is available for those of you this morning that are in need of forgiveness. You know, you've never appropriated just the blood of Christ to cover all your sins. Jesus said there's a whole new world that opens up to you and I freely give it to you. So I just say, if that's you this morning, just come on up here as we're dismissing and say, I need to be born again. In this world that Byron's talking about, you have real no connection with that, other than maybe you understand the dark side of that world, like I did before meeting Christ. But Jesus wants to set you free into a whole new life of forgiveness and sonship and walking in that kingdom. So that's a, consider that an invitation to receive the Lord this morning as we dismiss. Please come up here and tell one of the ministry team members up here that, hey, I need to be born again this morning. I need to come to know Christ. So.